Hey, Noiros. Welcome back from another week. We survived Valentine's Day, hearts intact, and uh, we're, we're back at back on the uh, on the saddle to try again. Lots got, of lots of cold weather. Lots of cold weather, uh, cold hearts. Exactly how we like it. Perfect for for what we're doing today. We got Gentleman Joey on the mic. We got Jalopy Dan. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. Beep beep. Beep beep. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll make it to your destination. Maybe I won't. <laughs> That's right. You get no GPS from you. It's nothing nope. but surprises. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a good week? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Did anything uh, happen this week? I mean, there's the all the, you know, if you want to go political, there's the... I don't uh, want to go political. Okay, I'm saying, we, did anything else happen? Did anyone die? Did we lose anybody? I felt like we may have. I feel like we're losing people all the time. It's like a big bummer. They're dropping um, like flies. I did yeah. have a, a cousin die on me. Oh, really? Week. Yeah. That's a bummer. It is. It is one of those uh, sad, sad bummers. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, nothing really exciting. Just work, you know? Just like, I, you know, just... Just doing, you know doing, what else I learned on this that that same phone call? What's that? My mom checked out the podcast. She did. She did. She said we're doing a great job, so we can we can keep them coming. Mo- mom of gentleman Joey gives the uh, the thumbs up approval. She saw that Laura was up. She's a Laura fan, so she, she? Di- she dipped in. Yeah, I can already tell that I can. I, I'm going to be friends with your mom. I think. Oh, she's a, <laughs> she's a hell of a lady. She said she's not going to listen to all the episodes because she doesn't want us to. Uh, feel like she's listening and checking in okay that's good so we can we can feel free to keep the cusses coming even though i'm the only one who cusses on this podcast i'm the one who asked the, the reason why i have to click explicit every time i upload the episode <laughs> do you want to let in a swear dan you got one for us no i i don't i i think you got I, a g golly for us uh, gosh darn it gosh dang it you know there you go you mother if, if, if that if that gets us in the explicit then I that's just, what's going to take. I need it to be because of you for once and not just because of me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not a big cursor. I, I yeah. think it's, I think it's funny. Like I've always been that way. I'll curse alone, but, sure. but not around people. Like it's, it's a weird thing I've always had. Like I, I, I just, I tend to just keep it pretty like under wraps, you know, until if it's, it's me by myself in my own space, in my own room or in my head, like I'll let, I'll let it fly. But what are you doing? Screaming into a pillow when, uh, when the lights go out? Yeah, you know, more or less, or sure. you know, against the wall or something, you know. Yeah, I find a little a little spot to. You punch a hole in the drywall. You got a spot in your room to, to um, let it out. I punched. The, I'm not a very aggressive person, but I think I punched the wall like. I'm once. trying to paint a picture of absurdity here, Jalopy. Come on now. I want to be real though. I, I want oh, to you don't want to go down the bed. You want to. Uh, you want people to know that you're not in shambles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to let. Yeah, I don't want to have a, a you know kind of a, a misnomer about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a role model now, so that's true. I, Once I, you're on it, the airwaves, it, right. it's all over from there. Exactly. Yeah, I want to. I want to keep it positive. But yeah, no, I, 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 I like to keep it clean when I can. Yeah, I mean, we, I, you look like you got a clean room there. Eh, I try. The posters look uh, like they're aligned properly. I always had trouble with that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. You got an eye for that, or you take out a ruler? I have an eye for it. No, that's all. That's all eyesight, baby. All right, um, you, I might need you to swing by and uh, decorate this place and give it yeah. a little feng shui. Yeah, of, uh, I, alignment. I, just, I have a knack for it just with my eye. But but you, as you can probably see, I have my breaking poster next to my Buckaroo Bonsai poster. Fair uh, enough. So I got two 80s uh, classics because I, you know, for, first and foremost, I think the 80s for me is like, I mean, I grew up, I, you know, I was born and grew up in the early 80s. I mean, the late 80s, but, you know, I 
I'm a, a fan of 80s movies. And yeah, it's weird. Like I'm uh, technically mid 80s. I mean, I'm like a from Dece- a December baby. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I barely was around for 1984. But goddamn, if I wasn't born in it and take credit for it. But it was like five years. I, I remember 1989 the most. That's about it. Not much from it. So it, it's wild to, to kind of like have a foot in the 80s and be like, yeah, you know, I was born in the 80s. But it's like I wasn't around for any of that. It was all 90s for me yeah it's it's tough like and memory is such a weird thing too like even like for me like early 90s like i remember like small things usually it's like tv shows like it's like i remember watching like pete and pete <laughs> and like yeah. doug and stuff like that you know when i was a kid pete and, and pete like just that. celebrated it's like 25th anniversary i believe yes how wild is that i love that show i have i have the first two seasons on dvd and the third one is just the only you know, two that they, they released yeah because they, yeah. they kept saying like oh maybe we'd have it and then there was rumors that it was in a warehouse somewhere and i mean you know, i know they like they uh, recorded commentaries for it. I mean, it was like, right. you know, in the in the production stage. It was very bizarre that that didn't come out. Yeah, and there still just hasn't been like a complete series at this point. Everybody wants no. it. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just such a great show, especially in hindsight. Like when you look at some of the other shows, I feel like they've come after it. Like I, I feel like in some ways we're a little bit lucky of the, of that generation to like be around. We were very lucky. And, and shame on people uh, who get to be so lucky and, and create and release stuff in uh, in – in Hollywood, I guess you'll say. Yeah. Uh, in the streamiverse, whatever you want to call it. I don't think anyone stepped up to the responsibility of providing children that kind of show and outlet with uh, such maturity and, uh, and grace. And... But also very weird and bizarre. Like, but, yeah, like exactly. they, they but, balance and, and it so well. That's st- and that level of quality as well. Uh, the yes. closest thing I could think of is that, and I recently uh, binged it, uh, it was Gravity Falls. It was an animated show on Disney XD, oh. I believe. Uh, but it was very, very good. Good time. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of that, but I've not watched it. It's just shockingly funny. Like, mm. like just tears laughing funny. Uh, yeah, I like well, it. Well, I think nowadays that you're seeing that more, especially in, in movies of like, you know, for kids, it's like they try to throw a lot of stuff in there that like, can either reach on on multiple levels with kids and parents, or maybe just parents and some stuff might go over the the heads of 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 their their kids. You know, like it's when, a fine line. Yeah. It's a balance. I think what's important, and it, it kind of achieved what Pete and Pete did. Uh, it just had that sense of adventure, right? And um, just that anything Wonder, can happen. Yeah. You know, like the things that you really felt as a kid, uh, at least personally. Like they really understood. Like like the writers really understood. Like you know that that perspective. And I mean, yeah. the music's great. The, obviously, like all the cameos are great. I mean, it is, I mean, like Iggy Pop, Michael Stipe, uh, you know, Steve Buscemi, Debbie Harry. Yeah, Debbie Harry. Like they had all these really and uh, you know members of the B fifty two. I was about and, to say yeah. And uh, the singer of Velocity Girl and like all these like Sarah really, Shannon. Yeah, Sarah Shannon. Correct. Shout um, out to Sarah Shannon. I'm a big yes. big Velocity Girl fan. Yes. Um, I, and like we, one of the first like credible bands I got into like when I was you know getting over the the stench of emo and all that nonsense. I was trying to find it on my shelf. I have uh, I have uh, Sympatico on tape. I was gonna um, say I need to actually like get. I I've had them like in my Discogs watch list because they're very affordable. The 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 tapes, but I yeah. actually need to pull the trigger on that because I I love me a Velocity Girl. Yeah, it yeah. was like yeah so like great. a like a late teens early twenties like obsession. So. Yeah, Did, didn't know that about you. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Velocity Girl too. I didn't know that you were- It's weird when I got into stuff, especially like my early 20s was like kind of a peak and also like, I don't know, like it was also my like most mellow and like getting into like weird folk music and- It was your big Mojave, Mojave 3 phase. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like I, I worked at a record store in Indianapolis yeah. uh, for a spell and that was, that was very influential. No, nah, I feel that. 
that's when I was able to get like all the Beachwood Sparks discography on on vinyl that I was able to give to you inadvertently <laughs> down the line <laughs> vicariously. Yeah, no, uh, we need better better shows for, for kids. I don't know, maybe it's up to us when we finish our Alien Noir. Which maybe I'm we'll, thinking about. I'm actually getting like more stoked on. It. I think that's actually going to happen. Or maybe we should reboot Fish Police and make it for you know kids. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a success at the time. Let's bring or, it back. Or, or maybe it wasn't Yo, the I right would love time. to go have a meeting with someone and just be like, all right, all right, what, what's your idea? Pitch. So we reboot Fish Police. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what happens. First explaining, because most people might not know or remember what that you show is. You find the eldest enough uh, executive who remembers, like, you even find the guy who put Fish Police on the air and wherever he's working now, we go to that studio and make sure he's sitting in on the meeting. I think this is a, a life mission. I think that we need to like accomplish now. Like, I, like, cause think about it this way. Like, you know, maybe that wasn't the right time. Maybe, maybe 2021 is the right time for fish police. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it was a little too ahead of its time and never really caught on, but now in, in like a new sphere is where it could really shine. If our listeners out there, if they want to find the original artist of the or creator of the fish police comic, See if he's, I believe, still alive. I, I don't remember hearing of any deaths of the fish police guy, but I feel like the nation would mourn such a thing. Um, but if you could find that guy, commission him to draw me and Dan in that fish police style. Oh, and um, That would be amazing. We'll give you out of the podcast prize pack. Oh, speaking of which, we got stickers in this week. Yes, we did. Which I still need to give you, but they came out really cool. And uh, if you guys want one, send us an email. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. I know Social I want media. one. Hit us up. Yeah, maybe you'll get one if you're good. If you do a good job this episode, Dan, I'll, uh, I'll hook you up. All right. I got, I really got to step it up in this one. Yeah, you, you really got to step it up in general, man. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I hope this is keeping you up at nights as you're punching that drywall. Yeah, I, I know that you've been getting a lot of uh, fan mail with critiques of, of my performance on these, so I need to really step I it up. I try to shield you from those, but you know. I know, and you do, usually you do a good job, but I was Ten in the Ten episodes in, it's time. Thank you. Yes. Well, yeah, it's important. You got to get the feedback. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you always got to be improving. I love a good feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Who Put me at the trough any day. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know if anything else happened. Yeah, no. Life's been steady. It's that time of year. Nothing's yeah. really shaken. Yeah, it's really in the weird time of where it's like, it is like the very tail end of winter where like it, it's getting pretty harsh and then like, you're just kind of waiting out spring and summer. <laughs> I think for me yeah. at least, cause I just, I can't stand cold weather. So for me, it's like, I'm just always looking ahead to when it's you know nicer out. Well, and we're like the, in the next year of the pandemic too, where it's just like, we just lived all this <laughs> and we're doing it again. Oh, Nothing yeah. changed. I'm watching friends. You know, I work with bands uh, from Australia. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, seeing that they're playing concerts and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Like literally like watching their stories on Instagram. I'm like, oh, what is this for me uh, a couple of years ago? Oh, this is live happening. It's nope. very surreal. Yeah, and, like in, uh, in New Zealand, I saw there was this stuff, all the stuff about how well they've done, obviously. And, and yeah. like, you know, they were having like a giant barbecue the other day I saw. And like all these people were together. And you're just like, wow, man, that's really cool. Like, look how that works. You know what I mean? Like, look, look, what, ha- look what happens. Um, I still don't even, I haven't even gotten vaccinated yet. It's not available to me yet. yeah. Seems like it's it, you can though. I got to figure out the loophole because I'm seeing everyone else get it. Yeah, I mean the, it's getting more uh, prevalent now. Like I, I think it's kind of like you have to just kind of wait out the initial like rush. I, yeah. I think that's going on, and then eventually it's gonna. I think it's gonna open up. I mean, I guess we were originally predicted to like kind of hit us around April, so we're sort of 
at that a little point. early. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. little early, but we're getting to that point. Yeah, you know, it's not uh, as unheard of. I don't know. It's just weird. It's hard to keep track of life and <laughs> it's just going life, on. man. You know, yo, yo bro, yo. <laughs> yeah, you know. You ready to, to to dive into this? I am, and I feel like you know. Of any of either of us to be more ready, I feel like it would be you because I know how important this movie is to you. I mean, I'm I love gonna it say too. Right, I'm gonna say right off the bat, I didn't like this movie. You didn't. It, it did oh. nothing for me. Sorry. Maybe we should have picked another one then. You, you know? know what? Let's just abandon this episode. All right, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, have a good time. Yeah. Or we could we could talk about uh, what we were talking about before. We could talk about Weekend of Bernie's and and Weekend of Bernie's too. Yeah. You know, we yes. could we could uh, bring that up and and tie that into Noir somehow because we could probably argue that one. I think this stinker could use a little weekend at Bernie's two voodoo magic, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely needed some spicing up. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely needed something to to make it more exciting. Hey, Dan. Hey, what's up? And scene. I was acting. I lied to you. This is the greatest movie what? of all all time. There's been no movie made that is better than this movie, in my opinion. Uh, which you can trust at this point. Bold statement alert right here. Do you have a favorite movie, Dan? A favorite movie. It's a tough question, and I have been asked this before. And I think my answer would be Solaris, the nineteen seventy-two one, the oh, the Tarkovsky film. I think because that was like a watershed moment. Like that was like, you know, like it, it really like was an awakening of of like my interest in film. Like was seeing that film and just like the overwhelming feeling that I had after watching that film. And that really kind of like opened the floodgates for me in a way of, of like getting into, you know, art, art house films, foreign films and so forth. That was really like the moment that really kind of changed my life. So I kind of always, I always kind of look at that one as like a, as I'd say probably my favorite. That's a good one. That, that one kind of is a noir ending. It does. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, I feel like it's probably the best one of his to see first. Oh, totally. um, like of Tarkovsky. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. He's like one of my favorite directors, but just, it's got a little bit of everything. And, and yeah. obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I think know. that's how favorite movies are, because I, I feel the same way about this movie. It has a little bit of everything. I, I, it's, uh, there's so much uh, that, that you're getting with it. It really fulfills. Right, definitely. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, I mean, like, I, I mean out, of the, out of the past, too, like, um, you know, this was an earlier uh, one for me seeing a film noir. And I, I've, I've kind of like, this is one of the ones that if I'm talking about film noir and I'm suggesting someone to watch a film noir to like maybe start with or get interested in, this is at the top of the list for me. Like I, I've actually gifted this to, to friends uh, like that, like may have not have seen it or like, or someone interested in film noir. I'm like, here, I bought you this for a birthday gift. Like yeah. watch this. Cause it's, it's just, I think it's really good. And obviously the cast. It is a I mean, gift. It's a true it gift. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the cast is great. I mean, you got Kirk Douglas, you got. Kirk Douglas in his Mitchell. second role ever. Right. It, which is crazy because you totally think of it as being like all these heavy hitters together right. at the time, but he, he really was nobody. He was uh, loaned by Paramount to RKO. Yeah, and, and he, uh, he's fantastic in it. And he's fantastic. Uh, he is Kirk Douglas in it. <laughs> he really is, yeah. Kirk Douglas, uh, he, this is the first time I saw this movie since he passed, actually. Oh. Since he out of the past. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he lived such a long life, too. Like 101, 102, definitely beat. Yeah, something like that, yeah. He was in the in the, the triple digits for sure. Yeah. It's just, bit, of, it's crazy. bit of a checkered past, though, that guy. Yeah, he's, he's lived a long life for sure. <laughs> yeah, but there's, um, some, there's, some, uh, there's some evil in this for sure. In yeah. his past, uh, kind of where you can see why he was so good at this role. I was going to say, Sterling. And, and, yeah, his, char- his character, yeah. Great name, too. Totally. Um, but he, he really uh, made the most of this early role. He's fantastic. And especially when you got to step up against Mitchum, which I 
never would envy anybody who has to do that. It's a tough task for sure. It's a damn near impossible task, but I was, he was up find, for it. I was trying to find because uh, I was reading as I was doing a little bit of research before the the episode. I I something I didn't realize is that Mitchum. Uh, hosted SNL in 1987. And See, so- I was, was going to bring this up because I always, okay. I remember when I first got into this movie and I got to research everything when I like mm-hmm. anything, even when I don't, I, uh, I got to look into it. And uh, that always comes up. And yeah, I've never seen it. The out of It's called Out of Gas. Yes. Which is so true. Like, it's like 1985 or something. Like it was mid 80s SNL, which is not a good time for SNL. So it just sounds so hokey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was like end of '87. I think I read something like yeah. that. And uh, yeah, I I found the monologue, the opening monologue that he did. I believe I've seen that as well. Yeah, but that that's all I could find. I couldn't find the actual segment because I wanted to try to incorporate it somehow, but I just couldn't find it. That one I always think of as '80s monologues from SNL, and then I always think of uh, when when Danny DeVito hosted at one point in the '80s when they had tried to cancel Taxi like for the first time because it got canceled a couple times and. Really oh wow! Ri- really ripped into whoever did it. Maybe even been NBC. Maybe yeah, been like a screw you to the network he was hosting on. But uh, yeah, love Taxi. Taxi was the uh, the Robert Mitchum of seventies and eighties sitcoms. I think. <laughs> I like that. That's the point of reference of uh, of of you know high quality. It's it's you know the Robert Mitchum of such and such. Does my video have a weird delay on your end as well? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. What the fuck is going on there? But it's very distracting. Yes. I did notice it just happened like all of a sudden. It's weird. I'm going to try not to look at myself. I don't know if I have anything running that shouldn't be, but. Yeah, I think most of my stuff's pretty closed, I think. I have I have my Wikipedia page with Fish Police up, so. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's that. I was trying to, I was trying to look up who, uh, who the creator was. It's Steve Moncus uh, is his name, but it doesn't say whether he is still alive or not. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to see if we can get him on a very special episode of the podcast. That would be a dream come true. We'll do a deep dive into the comics. The I have because I have the issues. I uh, I haven't read them as much as I wish I had, but uh, I will look into it and we'll we'll, we'll get them on here if we, if we can. Are they similar to the cartoon? Do you remember? Like, do you remember? Like, yeah, I mean, totally? it was definitely yeah for the okay. most part. I, mean, I think the, the comics may have been a little more mature, but um, right. but still, you know, very much so. Very cool. Yeah, I, I feel like my it. video just caught up. By the way, which is yes. not even important because this is a fucking audio podcast. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> now we're now we're really explicit. Woo! But yeah, this is my favorite movie. Robert Mitchum is my favorite actor. He's just the coolest. He's from Connecticut, so already I feel some kinship there. One of the like the greatest, you know, voices in in cinema. Just- Absolutely. And he's just so laid back and he had such a, a nonchalant attitude about acting. You know, he kind of was just like, ah, I could ride a horse and, and say the lines. That's why I was able to, you know, he's just was very just laid back and, and chill, which could be attributed to the fact that he was a huge stoner, one of Hollywood's greatest stoners. He was arrested for marijuana yes. at one point, uh, mm-hmm. which is a travesty. But uh, yeah, every time you would read, like the, I remember reading um, an interview, like a Playboy interview with Alex Rocco when he filmed uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just talking about smoking weed with, with Robert Mitchum. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a great time. No one ever has a bad thing to say about uh, Mitchum. In fact, Jane Greer said how uh, protective he was of her during the filming, whereas Kirk Douglas would, would leave bruises and kind of act a little too hard. And yeah, she didn't seem very complimentary of him. Yeah, for sure. Which is fine. I, I, I only want good news about Mitchum. I don't want my heart broken there. So that's yes. fine. He's the coolest. He's got all of his best lines in this movie. 
there's some great ones. I have a favorite, which I'll get to later. I'll, I'll, when it comes up, I'll mention it. I have one, there's one line you might, you might know what it is, but there's, there's a really great line that gets me every single time. From him? From him. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring it up when we get to it. This movie was directed by Jock Turner. Uh, he did Cat People. <laughs> he, he's great. I mean, I know you're not he a fan rolls. of Cat People, but I, I love Cat People. I like Cat People. I just always have to say Cat People with a laugh. That's all. I mean, I, I think that's fair. If you've yeah. seen Cat People, it's it's a one with a chuckle. And uh, he did Nightfall as well, which we'll get to uh, mm-hmm. at some point. It's it's a great film noir. Mm-hmm. And, he's a great uh, director. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he, every every time I, I, I come about his work, I have a great time. And uh, I kind it took me a minute to really get into it. Because I love this movie so much, and it, it yeah. was just kind of hard to expand from there. But eventually, I was like, "All right, you, you think this guy's such hot shit? Maybe you should check out the other stuff." And it delivered. He's got I agree. Life. He's got a real eye for this stuff. I mean, that's how I find a lot of stuff. I mean, I mean, know, he's able to. That's why cat people. You gotta laugh at it. But the fact that we're able to be like, "Yeah, but cat people is pretty pretty okay," is because of how masterfully directed he, he was in, and how he's able to pull off something like that, which was right a pretty impossible task at that time and, and maybe even ever. I mean, Paul Schrader could, couldn't really pull it off when he remade it. I didn't see that. I've never seen that one, but I've always been a little bit wary of it. Yeah. And I, I like Schrader. Uh, I, mean, I do too. I will admit he's, when he's hit, he's hit. And when he's missed, he's missed. But, you know, yeah. I'm okay with that. Sometimes just roll the dice. You got you to gotta follow your, uh, your inspiration. I got some sirens going on in the background. I got some Philadelphia crime or, or uh, fire or injury. I, I don't know. I'm not good with sirens. I apologize. It's the uh, people coming down on you for all those uh, curse words you're using earlier. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'll try to fix. do a, a clean episode one of these days, huh? Yeah, we should do an episode where we can only use like old terminology or we try to use old terminology as best as possible. Like we're in the 40s. Well, I think with more research as we do more of these episodes, we'll absolutely get there. So yeah, this was more like at the time RKO, you know, they were doing more B movies, but th- this one actually did have a, a, an A budget. They really did go all out for it. Um, mm-hmm. It was a hit as a novel called Build Your Gallows High, which actually is said in the movie with a, with a Mitchum baby. Build my gallows high, baby. At the very end, yep. You and know he, what really struck me this time watching this this one was how many babies are in it. I love it. Oh yeah, and that's <laughs> part. Of, it's part of the line that that that's my favorite line. One of my favorite lines has. I mean, if it, if it's it. the fucking line of all time, then yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and that's the greatest line. Uh, I do have one other favorite line that's not from Mitchum, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. It's from one of our favorite tropes, though. Very good. But yeah, we can we can get into the movie if you're ready to. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready. The rest to of my fun facts are, I'll be sprinkling in when I uh, watch the movie. Uh, Library of Congress. It was selected to the National Film Registry in 1991. You ever been there, Dan? I haven't. I would love to. I, I would I would love to go to that and just like look around. I'm sure it'd be awesome. That's my look Library of Congress card. I'm showing him. Look at that. A true reader. Uh, yeah. I went. Uh, I had heard rumor that they had the. All of the original art for the first appearance of Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy 15, drawn by Steve Ditko. Uh, wow. The full issue was mysteriously donated to them. And you can go and, and look at it. They have a person there with you. It's in the Mylar uh, packaging. And it was amazing. Quite an experience. I'd love to go back. That's They're happy awesome. to. You just go there and you just want to look at stuff. It's there. I mean, you always hear about it. But conceptually, it's hard to grasp until you're, you live in it and... Yeah. And you could really walk around there too. It was crazy how just like unsupervised I was. And yeah, it was a great time. You, you could be walking out with stuff. <laughs> I, I, not like that, but I mean, I just felt like I was going like deep in the guts of this place. Yeah. And it was just like, do, do, do. I mean, you're seeing other people do it too. So it wasn't like I took a wrong turn. It, it was just so crazy. 
Yeah, I can imagine that. I'm sure that's an awesome experience. Yeah, I've, I've always thought about it. I mean, like I've thought about like, you know, you always hear that and you're like, that sounds pretty cool. Like, like when you put it all together, when you see like what is probably in there, like when you look at it from like a step back, like you're like, wow, there's probably a lot of cool stuff in there. No, it's just reading an article online. They're just like, yeah, you could go there. Just email this lady and she will set it up with you. And that's exactly what happened. And set it, it wonderful. Up. Had a wonderful time. Um, so maybe I'll check out out of the past next time. I Yeah, I was going to say, can you screen this for me? <laughs> yeah. You guys want to come hang out and watch this? Got a 35 millimeter, millimeter print up there I can watch? <laughs> I should hope so. And this this is, uh, we, we did the Warner Archive version, the Blu-ray of this, uh, very essential. Looks great. Looks great. Um, one thing that sucks about this movie is uh, we are in the streaming age and this thing has like, never been up anywhere ever <laughs> it's in on the history Amazon's, of streaming. It's on Amazon, but you got to pay for it. Right. I mean, you could rent it. I mean, yeah. it's available in that sense. Right. But I mean, like, you know, it, it's a tough sell to sometimes be like, hey, you, you want to rent a, an old 40s movie? Like, yeah, it, it kind of needed to just be available. And uh, it never has been, which is a shame because it deserves to be seen. I agree. Our listenership is a little more discerning than that. And uh, they have money to spend. So get, get this Blu-ray. It is essential. We're an archive killing it as usual. One of the all-stars in uh, film noir in the, in the film noir current releasing yeah platform. i mean i appreciate because that's a lot of what they do like it, it is like it's true yeah. like a lot of what i mean they do a lot of like i mean they do a lot of musicals they do a lot of all kinds of other stuff but like a lot um, of animation i mean i feel yeah. like i see a lot of, like a lot of lately just animation restorations of good stuff from like the 60s and 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 such like the Hanna barbera catalog and max flesher stuff and yeah i, th- I think they even have the ruby spears some mm catalog as well and then with noir that like, even this film rko like they own all that so i mean right. they have a, a vast catalog to release so it's it's always good when they get to to stuff i say keep them coming yeah because <laughs> i mean i feel listening. like even this this blue took a minute to to happen i remember i was yeah. waiting for this one they always had the dvd but mm-hmm. and when it did it was it was a good day that was an instant pre-order for me yes I can only imagine the excitement that you had when that <laughs> when that went up it was so exciting and, and you just like being so into this movie like I, you really could notice the difference of quality it, it really it's a great print that they have right now it, it's it's gorgeous could have come out yesterday yes how looks, this looks fantastic looks. tahoe looks like a good time huh oh yeah oh man great great scenes you know of, of that like from his uh his palatial house and and uh just everything's good. I mean, everything looks good. I mean, even just down to the minutia of the, like the little interiors with the shadows and stuff like that and the way they position everything, you know, it just all look great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You get, you have every, every film noir trope basically in this movie. You got a private detective, you, you got diners. Don't worry folks. Yep. Um, Femme Fatale. You got Fatale, the one of, flashback. Flashback. And the way they handle the voiceover in this is pretty expert because you don't get one at first until he has to tell his current girlfriend about the secrets that come from out of the past. Huh? Yes. Ah, uh, you like that? Yes, I do like that. I mean, that's definitely the the theme of this movie is just how our, our past is uh, always out there to get us. You can't hide from it. Yeah. So it opens with Joe Stefanos, who works for uh, Whit Sterling. It's kind of unclear what what kind of business he is in, other than it's not you know above the board. He's got he's got a racket going, whatever. He's whatever it is. A lot of uh, horses, mm-hmm. horse yeah. racing, you know. So probably some sort of gambling. Ring. Yeah, seems seems like something gambling, like just some type of gangster gambler type of guy. Yeah, he used to uh, operate out of New York. Um, these days he's in Tahoe, as we'll find out. And Joe's kind of just driving by, 
and he sees a gas station with the sign that says Jeff Bailey on it. Jeff Bailey's gas. Mm-hmm. We're in Bridgeport, California, is the name of the town. Uh, and at the gas station, there is a deaf and uh, mute employee who's known as the kid. Mm-hmm. Who, fun fact, was not that young. He was the same age, basically, as Jane Greer and, and uh, all the leading ladies of this movie. So really? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, but he, he's yeah. got a nice young face. Yeah. Tucked in shirt, you know, just real, real classy guy. Yep. Uh, he does a good job. He's he he's got that kind of '40s emote, uh, you know, like he just has that look to him. Yes, yeah. You could have put him on a horse, you know. <laughs> so he's asking, you know, hey, is Bailey here? I'd like to talk to him. He's not there at the moment. He's off fishing. Mm-hmm. So he goes next door to the diner, and uh, I, this diner is a good time. This diner is where probably my favorite line of the movie is. Oh yeah. Where it says, Two things I can smell inside a hundred feet: burning hamburger and a romance. <laughs> I yeah, fucking that, that love good, that. That's a good line. Yeah. The 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 dialogue in this movie is expert. There's so much good stuff. Oh yeah. There's gonna be some good audio clips in this episode. I can already tell. So yeah, we're at the diner. He's not there. He's off fishing with Anne, who is Jeff Bailey's current squeeze. She is played by Virginia Hudson, Houston. Mm-hmm. She does a good job. Yeah, I don't she's, know if she she's was, really good. In it. I, like, I don't I know like much her. about her if she was in anything else, but she's actually pretty underrated in this movie. Uh, she was in a couple other film noir, I think. Actually, I, I think I was reading. Um, That's good. Yeah, she was in. Uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, the one. Was she? Yeah, you know that that one with the thing. Because uh, I'd like to see more of her. She did a great job. She was in the racket. Um, that's okay. what it was. She was in the racket. She was also in Sudden Fear. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she has a couple. And I, I feel like the racket is one. Uh, oh, she's a Nocturne too, which is a a George Raft vehicle. Yeah. So I think those are all those are all contenders. Those are all later contenders. I'd like and, to see her in a uh, in a in a more leading role. So that's true. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to remember because I've seen the racket and another Mitchum film, and I don't really remember her as much in it. So maybe I'll have to I'll have to revisit that because I. I I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I remember liking it. Those are good. We need those episodes. Those are essential. Yeah. It's got Mitchum, so so why not? That's what that's what I say. I'm I'm sure you It literally is a movie poster to like some Christmas Mitchum and it's like, Yeah, it's Mitchum. Who cares? Like it makes <laughs> like just see this fucking movie. It's Mitchum, which is totally true. Um any Mitchum is is watchable for him, but thankfully he's got so many classic roles. Uh Night of the Hunter. I feel like yes. we'll get to that. Uh, I feel like you could even argue a Cape Fear, right? There's a little bit of noir in that. Yeah, I'm always down uh, to make some arguments. We're down here to uh, to litigate these for sure. And then, of course, is, is 70s work, which is, is such a underrated spy of uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, as we mm-hmm. mentioned. The Kuza. Um, the, it uh, just had that the remakes of the you know Big Sleep. Big Sleep, yeah. Farewell, my my lovely. Yeah, just just really interesting work. Scrooged later on in the eighties. I I was gonna bring up Scrooge earlier, and I and I waited, and I was gonna say because I do. We're love here it. now. Yeah, we're here now. Scrooge is on. He's just kind of like in all these like show. Even I wasn't too aware of him at, in my youth, of course, because it was just too late by then. But um, he was there the whole time. He he did the voiceover in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. He was in Dead Man. I believe was his last filmed appearance. Jim Jarmusch. Yes. He would, yeah, he's he's good. And I was thinking, I think that's the one I was th- I was thinking of because I was I knew that he was in a, a movie that was later that was really good that I liked. I believe I it's tra- probably that. As a mind reader, that's what I'm saying. It was. It's almost like you were reading my mind. It, yeah, it probably yeah. was that. Um, it's called yeah. being a good podcast host, Dan. It is. Yeah, it, it, it give was. Give it a shot sometime. It was. It was Dead Man. Yeah, I because I, I remember watching that when the Criterion came out, and I was like, oh, Mitchum. Yeah, you get Mitchum and Neil Young as cl- together at last, you know, <laughs> as it should be. 
<laughs> a, a true uh, a true collaboration in its highest form. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's just great when people would dip their toes into a, a Mitchum for sure. Have you ever? Uh, Do you ever lose a favorite actor? Had one die on you? Because yeah, like I said, I wasn't really around for. I mean, I was alive when Mitchum died, but I wasn't aware of it. But uh, mm. after that, I would think uh, Bill Paxton was my favorite actor, living actor, and then he died. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I think for me, it's it's truly just because I, I love old movies that most of the, a lot of them already kind of passed away or they passed away when I was younger, where I, I may not have been like as cognizant of it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I feel like that happened probably more often than anything. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, because I can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment. Well, we got a whole episode, Dan, so... Keep that noggin. Keep those gears turning. Well, I mean, it's not movie related, but I, I'm I'm a huge Scott Walker fan. Uh, I mean, he's like one of my favorite vocalists, artists, music artists, and and he just passed away. I think it was last year. No, 2019. It was 2019. Um, and I remember it because uh, my band Cabanaware was on tour, and I happened to take a Monday off that weekend, and I remember that was the first thing I saw when I woke up. And it just like, it, it just bummed me out the whole day, like waking up the next day. And like, that's the first thing you see is like, you know, one of your, you know, idols, one of your heroes. And so a big shocking influence. when that happens, you yeah. know, you have that millisecond where you like see the picture being posted. You're like, Oh, cool. What's up? Oh, oh Walker. It's, yeah. It's the it, worst it, news. Yeah. It, it really bummed me out. Cause like, obviously, like, I mean, he, you know, I knew he was a little bit older, but you just, he, and he was kind of like a little bit reclusive too. So I feel like you didn't always hear about him. So if you ever did see something about him, you're like, oh man, like something from Scott Walker, but you're seeing that you're like, oh. It's kind uh, of like what happened with Sid Barrett. I remember yeah. when he died, where it was just like, he hadn't heard anything. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, he's, he's dead. Yeah. I remember uh, David Berman from Silver Jews and Purple yes. Mountains, when he passed, and, uh, it was very shocking and uh, yes. definitely ruined me for a long time. I was actually supposed to see him play a couple of days uh later that when that happened so it oh was wow very brutal I, I was just telling the story with my buddy about uh, uh lou reed because i'm a huge lou reed fan and i had tickets to see him before he died and in north jersey and i i got tickets from me and uh some friends and we we're going up and i was like all right well I, let me print out the tickets because it's the week of the show i go to print out the tickets and they're like the show has been canceled ah uh, the refund and then literally like very shortly thereafter he, he passed away and i think what happened was he actually ended up going to the hospital so i think he was his health was kind of deteriorating but i was like so looking forward to because i'm like oh man i finally get to see lou reed in concert and uh and then yeah they canceled it so you have something where it's like the opposite happened like where you got to see them and then they died and you're like oh i'm so glad i, I caught that one mm. or like me I remember I saw Rocky Erickson like a couple of months before he passed. And, I was yeah, like, and I almost didn't go and I'm so glad I did. That would have been a really good one. I, I, I mean, I love, I love Rocky Erickson too. I, I, I never got to see him, but that's definitely a good one. Uh, that's another I mean, one I'd, I'd probably have to think about. I'll have he was pretty in, in failing health at that point. He just kind of, yeah. he, he was sitting and uh, they put a guitar in front of him and he, he kind of strummed it, but it didn't seem like it was uh, plugged in or at least very loud. Really? Um, but vocally he sounded incredible. And his band, I mean, it's just a bunch of young guys and they, had the material down so like it sounded great but it was just a weird visual i was kind of hoping that the one dude from zz top was playing with him because he plays with him sometimes that would have been, cool. been great i think you know nobody really knew it was that close to the end so it wasn't let's get like you know, that's true stars out there it was really just like hey some band from austin's willing to to come with you for nothing yeah so listeners if you don't know about rock erickson definitely learn about him Thir- 13 floor elevators the uh, evil one Evil One, great, great record. I think it's just coming back in print on vinyl. Uh, I've been trying to get a copy of that for a while. So 
Uh, I got that on tape, thankfully, when they did a reissue of that. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. The Light in the Attic one? The Light in the, the Attic. Attic. Yeah, yeah. It was a Light in the Attic uh, and that other cassette label that is now shamed upon uh, oh, yeah. everybody. Uh, so We will not yeah. mention. I guess I shan't give them a shout out. No. Light in the, Light in the Attic's pretty cool. Though. I, I, oh, big shout out to Light in the Attic. Yeah, uh, shout them out. Not, nothing but wonderful things to say about that awesome label. Love reissue labels. Yeah, definitely. Like just. I, I guess it, I'm sort of one. Yeah. I just was like thinking like, oh, I'd love to do that. And then I was like, oh, I sort of do. But, uh, but you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. They, they're able to do these nice like compilations. I don't know. Right. Think of like them in like Numero Group or. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot that just kind of mine these, you know, like these like random finds that they find somewhere. Like I know. Captured like, yeah, Tracks just did that uh, Strum and Thrum. Which is really uh, cool. I, which is amazing. Love I it. haven't listened to all of it. I mean, I know that the, um, what's it called on it? Uh, New Personality Track is on there. Yeah. That's great. Um, but uh, okay. I, I, I need to give that a listen because I mean that's that's all stuff right up my alley. Anything that, anything that jangles. Yeah, it's just nice when you're in the me. mood for a genre and you could just put on some compa like some deep cuts that you never really knew existed. And yeah. Shout out to compilations. Shout out to compilations, man. We need more. I'm a fan. That's I mean that's how you find a lot of bands. Like when I was younger, I mean I'm sure you feel the same way. Like that's how you found out about music. Like if you found a band that you liked and you got like a label sampler and then you found other bands or bands that they toured with and might have some type of sampler with them. You could find out of other bands that way. And that's, yeah. That's or you, you go to the it. record store, you had a couple of bucks. They used to be so cheap. And, right. uh, and yeah, between that, and like reading liner notes and seeing what bands were yeah. thanked and then finding them. It was a good time. Yep. Tour openers and stuff like that. Shout out to liner notes. Shout out to liner notes, man. You need those notes. Definitely need more liner notes too. Especially, I mean, I know we're in a digital world there too, but I don't know. I feel like liner notes are failing. You're living in a digital world and you're a digital girl. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. You can say it. Yeah. I was about to. I've never made a secret of this day. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying that like, I, I was hoping that you would get the Madonna reference <laughs> that I was going to. I was hoping you would acknowledge that I'm a digital girl. Thank you. Okay. Hey, but uh, so speaking of digital, we're fishing, we're fishing now. Yep. Um, just like the fish police. Just like we're, we're looking for the fish police, but you know, we're just, they're not ready yet. Mm. Those, those gum shoes are uh, a whole other stream ahead. Yes. But uh, Jeff's out there with Anne, and um, he's just being real smooth and everything. Every time I look at the sky, I think of all the places I've never been. Yes, and every time you look up, they're all the same. You've been a lot of places, haven't you? One too many. Which did you like the best? This one right here. Bet you said that to all the places. You see that cove over there? Well, I'd like to build a house right there. Marry you, live in it, and never go anywhere else. I wish you would. But the kid shows up and he's, he gives him some sign language, let him know that uh, someone's looking for him. Mm. And uh, he, he knows that he has to kind of fill in and on, on what's going on. Uh, Anne's parents don't like him. He's definitely a, the bad boy. He honks when he goes to see her for her to come out. They don't like that. Yeah, he won't even walk up to the front door. Yeah. What a nightmare that must have been. Like, now you can just text him like, hey, I'm fucking here. I'm not, I'm not coming <laughs> to the front door whatsoever to see your weirdo parents. So. Well, I mean, I think it's like also, I mean, in the context of it, like I get, I get what they're saying, but it's also like, you know, he was on his way out. Like, oh, here's, here's Dan taking the side of the parents. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, I'm actually looking at it from his perspective. I'm saying that like, you know, for him, it's like he, he, he's his, in his head, he's so, I think in the past at that point too, of thinking about like, where is it going with Anne? But also like, he's getting brought back into this whole 
you know, entangled mess that he was in before. And I feel like he's like the last thing. Yeah, his especially well, when he meets with Joe, Joe's right. like, hey, you know, uh, Wit, Wit would like to speak with you. So, yes, he's having to deal with things are out of the past. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, everything you try to run away from is here. Yes. So, yeah, screw you, parents. It's okay if he honks his horn. It doesn't matter what Dan says. He's in a hurry, man. It's the fish police, not the fun police. That's Don't true. you forget that, or I'll throw you off this force so fucking fast I'll have your badge on my desk this morning. <laughs> That's actual dialogue from Fish Please, by the way. And scene. I'm, act- I'm doing all sorts of acting this episode. This is my uh, my demo reel. I was gonna say, yeah, this is this is your uh, this shout is your out to my foray. agent, agent ninety uh, nine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was thinking about Get Smart earlier. That's why, that's why that was, like, when you said agent, that was the first thing that popped in my head. Nice. And something. I couldn't conjure anything, and I know so many agents in life. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> I'd like to get away from this subject, Dan. That's my agency. The agency of moving on. <laughs> moving on. He has to tell Anne kind of everything. He's like, you know, it's, it's going to break your heart. You're not going to like it. And she says, that's okay. I love you. I trust you. And so begins the voiceover and the flashback. Yep. So Bailey's real name is Markham. That's always a fun time where you're like, hey, by the way, uh, I should have told you this whole time. My, my name is completely different. Yeah. Well, at least she, t- she says, well, is your first name Jeff? I think she, or she says something like that. Well, it's like, but Jeff, right? Like, yeah. yeah like, it's not Jeff, like, yeah. Jeff though, right? <laughs> I can forgive a last name, but you better be Jeff. He's a private detective in New York. He had a, a partner named Jack Fisher mm-hmm. and uh, they had been hired for good money by Sterling uh, and they know kind of something's up, but they're looking for Kathy Moffat and uh, she shot him. She, she, she likes that gun as we'll come to find out. The rod as they, as they, they refer to as guns. <laughs> That's and, right. And uh, she stole $40,000 as well. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Yes. We'll talk about that as time goes on. Uh, Markham is kind of, <laughs> I'm going to be going between Bailey and Markham, but that's all right. Or Mitchum, you know? Yeah. He gives us a lot of options, and that's why he's such a great actor, you know? Choose yeah. your own adventure with this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> you can kind of tell, like, that this guy is no good, and he really seems to, like, want her back for, for bad reasons. He's like, what are you going to do to her? Uh, you know, when she comes back, he's like, I just, I just want her back. It's okay. What happens to her? I won't touch her. Okay. You know, so you got to believe that Kirk Douglas, um, who once again, new on the scene and, and does a great, great job. Uh, he is terrifying in this. Oh, yeah. The best noir villain, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting, like, how he plays, like, it, it's that, like, fake nice. It's really like that. He, like, he has, like, this cordiality to him. Yeah. But, like, you can tell that this, this dude just sucks. Like, he's such, like, a sinister, <laughs> he has, like, this sinister, like, thing behind him. And, like, I think that's what's so great about it. I think that's really what it is. It's that, it's that mix of, like, you know, he puts on this front where he's, like, this real, like, you know, I'm, I'm this pro- almost, like, proper kind of business guy. He's real nice and tries to be cordial. But you can tell yeah. he's kind of, kind of a prick, too. Kind of a prick. And he, he's, he, he's intimidating. Like, you're, you're definitely yeah. scared by him. And he's got his kind of Attention. muscle, his yeah. Joe Stefanos, his muscle. And Jack Fisher's kind of there in the corner like, yeah, what are we going to do about this? And uh, yeah. you don't like that. He's like, I don't give a shit about your partner. You go find her alone. I don't care if you're splitting it 50-50. Yeah. I want a 50-50, though. 
Which uh, Fisher, even after when they leave, yeah. they're just like, so 50-50, right? And uh, Markham just like, yeah, you could just chill and I'll handle this and yeah. collect your money. And that sounds great to Fisher. Fisher's like, yeah, as long as that happens. Yeah, why not? We have no problem whatsoever. Why would anything go wrong? So Markham, he's on the case at this point. Yep. He heads to a bar where you get mm-hmm. that loud trump. I always remember that scene. Yep. Uh, because it's just so aggressive and jarring and then turns yeah. into a completely different song that's way uh, more pleasant on the ears. They're trying to wake you up. Yeah, and it's, you know what? Sometimes it does that. It's literally happening. We're like, all right, I'm getting a little... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does the job. Uh, but it's a cool little club and he goes there to find Kathy's maid and you know, he kind of does some smooth private detective work, asking questions, buying drinks. And she talks about how she got some vaccinations and, and she was feeling a little sick from that. But she's headed to like Miami or somewhere. Florida, yeah. Well, this Florida, is, and, yeah. and this was a question I wanted to bring up to you because you know I, I've I've read that this sequence that she deliberately tried to throw him off uh, yeah. of where, of where to find her, and I don't know if that's the case. Like I I, I want to say yes, like that that she was deliberately trying to give him misinformation, but she almost plays it in a way where you don't know, like you like like you don't know if she's actually trying to like help her out or really try to or if that was the information that she was given to begin yeah, with yeah because she says that she saw that she was packing for warm weather and was taking a guess but i think he kind of infers that you know regardless if she actually knew it or not uh you wouldn't obviously need a, a vaccination for going to florida you know you yeah. probably need it for mexico um, exactly. But that's something that I was, I was a little bit like... And to get to Mexico, you had to stop yeah. at like a certain harbor or whatever. Right. Um, so he knew to find her there. I, I think I think she was kind of trying to throw him off a little bit. Yeah. You know, maybe she was told to, to pass along the information. Uh, uh, Somebody asked. Florida or, yeah. or Mama, wherever it was. Uh, <laughs> got a little inside joke, folks. Listen to episode one. But yeah, I, I think, but ultimately, I think she was trying to just be like, you know, I, I recognize that this guy is looking for her and I know that she kind of was in a rush. So I'll, I'll just kind of not give, not be too forthcoming, you know, because she was sort of like, I think Florida, you know, she was very dismissive about it, like whatever. And you know what? He still paid for the drinks. He's a classy guy. It was great. For the information, you know, we got to pay something. Totally. So he does his detective work and he, he heads to, to find her in that tropical climate um, and heads to Mexico in our Al- Acapulco. Mm-hmm. Yes, is, is where he actually finds her, um, and he and kind of thankfully it's a, a small little place, and he's able to wait, and and there she is. She comes in from the the shadows with that hat and everything, and it's a great femme fatale entrance. Yes, Jane Greer, she rules. Yeah, she's great. I was reading that. Uh, I know it's jumping out a little bit, but the uh, the one direction that she got from got a little hopscotch here, folks. Yeah, that from the director was that. In the beginning, you're a good girl. In the in the in the ending, you're a bad girl. <laughs> and and totally and, true. And and it is it's true. And it's also I was thinking about when we first see her, she has this white dress and she's she's all, all oh, white. Yes. And then later on, she's in a, a lot of dark clothing. And I was thinking yeah. about there was that lightness and darkness. And I, and I I didn't catch that at first, but as I was I was like I said doing some more research on it, um, I saw that and you really like oh wow yeah totally. Absolutely. Um, and he, she's so charming in the in the beginning. I mean, she's charming even when she's a, a piece of shit. But um, you really do fall in love with her, like like oh, yeah. uh, like Markham does, and it, it makes the turn so much more like oh oh god, like heartbreaking, you know? Because the whole time you remember this is a story being told to his current squeeze, and right. uh, you know we like her. She seems nice. She seems very like a, a bright, innocent young kid going out fishing uh, with the the new gas station owner. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, 
yeah, Kathy is, is just so charming. She knows all the right things to say. And maybe she didn't take this money. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and this brings us to my favorite line, which I'm sure you're guessing now what it is. Are we um, on the beach? Yeah, on the beach. Like, there's a couple of scenes on the beach. And then uh, he, uh, he says the line, uh, it was when she's, you know, kind of exp- like trying to say like, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm innocent. I didn't, you know, I'm not as bad as you think I am. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't know anything except how much I hated it. But I didn't take anything. I didn't, Jenny. Won't you believe me? Baby, I don't care. Baby, I don't care. There it is. This is the coolest line ever fucking said. Fuck you, Han Solo. You stole that shit, man. Yeah, and it really is the way he says it, too. I I think it's his delivery. Absolutely. That really laconic, like... Yeah, like, baby, I don't care. Like, baby, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a yeah, like that. I mean, I I've seen this movie many times, and I feel like sometimes I forget about like that's something I forget about, and then every time it when it hits, you're just like, oh man, that's so good. And it, it's a it, uh, as far as classic line goes, you don't have to wait too long for it. It's, yes, it comes at the exact right time, and they must have known that that was a fucking a winner when he said that. Yeah, his his whole career just skyrocketed the moment he delivered that line. Yes. What a hunk. Mitch rules. Uh, just the greatest of all time. I knew I knew going into this episode that this was going to be a Mitchum love fest. And I feel How like could I, it not I, be? This I, is, exactly. Yep. It's uh, he just anytime you watch him, I mean, like even with Cape Fear, like going against Gregory Peck, like mm-hmm. Mitchum wins. Yeah. I'm watching Mitchum. <laughs> I love me some Peck, but I'm in for some Mitchum. Yep. Love him. He they actually uh was in a during the filming of this a plane accident uh mm. near fatal plane accident at the air uh, landing field um he's with the studio accountant and an assistant the brakes didn't work when they uh touched down and they crashed through a fence over a ditch and then an outhouse through an outhouse before coming to a stop two men in the back seat were knocked unconscious uh, mission was just a little little kind of scraped up but nothing too bad uh, he quickly crawled out of the wreckage dusted off his clothes and then hitchhiked back to the studio and then asked the people who picked him up uh, where he could find gauge, which was a term for marijuana at the time. I learned that from Noir Alley. Uh, they showed this movie on my birthday a couple years back. Wow, what a birthday gift. Uh, yeah, thinking back of it, now I, I share a birthday with, um, with uh, uh, Jesus Christ, why am I going to play? Oh, Kirk Douglas, sorry. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> you know, the big one. And yeah. uh, they were probably showing it because it was his birthday. Yeah, but that makes sense. I appreciated it. But yeah, I love that story. <laughs> it's fucking that is, that insane. Is, could, imagine, imagine driving along, you see Robert Mitchum scraped up on the side of the road. Dumb, dusted up and just coming here for a ride. Yeah, <laughs> so good. You know when the, you know it's a good movie when the the fun facts behind the scenes are there, just as, as just great. as good. Yes. Um. So they're falling in love. And they're they're planning to make a run for it. Uh, he he says, you know, hey, I'm here to to search for you. I'm I'm hired here. We we got a bail. And just when they're they're packing. Uh, Sterling shows up. He knocks at the door. He's there with Joe. Yep. Joe Stefanos. Some great and, uh, sequences there in, in his hotel room where he's trying to hide any kind of sign of her. Yeah, really like trying to he play sees it the down. earrings and he kind of goes and grabs his cigarettes and puts it in his pocket. And then there's a knock at the door, but it's someone with his shoes uh, after they've been shined. They look great. Did a great job. Child yep. Shoe shine. So you got a lot of suspense being built. And then they go to the bar too. And, and they're kind of talking about it. And he's, He's trying to throw him off his scent, saying, like, yeah, I just couldn't find her, and I feel bad about spending your money, uh, which 
uh, Kirk Douglas eventually, like at one point, just like, "Oh, he's worried about my money," you know. Yep. <laughs> Which is a good time. Which is great, and a lot of close uh, calls too. I mean, they kind of like do the the fake out where you see like a you see a woman and and they, he thinks it's her, and then she turns around and it's not her. And and do you think that he's on to them at this point? No, I don't think so. You believe he's actually in town to see a man about a horse, which that was a fun, always fun to hear, <laughs> especially when I it's real. I think he legitimately had business, but because but when they're in the um, in her place and it's pouring rain and the door flies open or whatever, and there's that kind of like hesitation, like maybe something's looking through the door, and it, mm. it kind of seems like maybe maybe someone was there. I don't know. I thought that was like a euphemism for for something <laughs> like look, i i, I look, look away those things happen and you don't need yeah to see that, that's kind of what i i wonder if it, I, that that's that's kind of how i i saw it as I me mean, i don't want to say my mind's in the gutter but that's 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 what i thought of when i when i watched that more like the opening of their of their love you know yeah. if, you, if you want to yeah. get flowery with it but that that's you know the you want to go to the garden open. dan we could go to the garden that's fine <laughs> um I, I kind of think he he's sort of on to to him. I mean, he's definitely there to like check up for sure. Um, yes, I, that's but, what I was gonna say. I think he I think he was definitely checking up and yeah, has he, his suspicions about him. Yeah, but I think he like sort of believes him. Yeah. Like I, I think I think to a point, but I think he knows in the back of his mind that he's still gonna keep checking up on him. I think that's why he was so quick to just um, dismiss when he does this thing where he's like, "Oh, you want to go down to the ship and we'll talk to." We'll talk to the guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll go." And then immediately he's like, oh, you know what?" As they're walking out, he's like, "You know what? I, I, I you're, that's okay. We're just gonna keep going." Yeah. Um, so I think so he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to quit, and um, you know, be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done with this." But he, he says, "You're wrong. I fire people, but nobody quits me." And it looks like Kathy is is coming in. There's one time with a fake out with another girl in a hat, and then turns around and someone else. Um, and then she's coming in, and he spills water on on Kirk Douglas. He's like, oh, you really them, are yeah. nervous, yeah. But it, the close call is through, and, and they, they head off. They get on the ship. And they go north. They head south. to San Francisco, the noir city. Again, I, we all... We, so I'm we saying, we're, all, the, all the tropes are here. All of them. Even San Francisco. Yep, so, I know, love it. I love San Francisco. Did I mention that this is the greatest movie of all time? <laughs> we're going to keep a tally of how many times you say that in, in the episode. Or your money back for this podcast. Or your money back. Guaranteed. I will guarantee to pay you whatever you paid for this podcast. <laughs> so they head to San Francisco. They're playing it cool for a little while, but eventually they get comfortable. They head to the horse track like all young couples in love do. Yep. Um, it's just what you do. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this Valentine's Day, it just happened. I hope you took all your lovers to the horse track. Put down a saw buck on uh <laughs> Danny, you want to hear my horse impression? Go for it. <clears throat> I gotta hope I got the right mouth for this one. That was good. Thank you. I was impressed by that. Thank you. If uh, you guys were impressed by that, uh, shout us out. Let us know. Well, in post, girl. you actually put a, a, you know, a full on. Like, <laughs> 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 so that would be better. Well, you know, that's up to the listener to decide if they think that was real or not. How good the impression was. Yes. Or how good the editor was. Wink, wink. Right, right into us at our email address and tell us. Yeah, whatever that thing is. I don't, we don't say. I don't even remember what it is at this point. I'll, the, I'll probably say out, out of the past or something. The fake out, out of, of the past. past. Yeah, or something like that. Did you know we named our podcast after this movie? Did we? Yeah, I think so. Right. Oh. That's what this is. I thought you just came up with it. Stole the font and everything. Yeah. No. Wow. So you yeah. learn something new every day. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I came up with it too. And then turned out I must have been inspired by this uh, yeah. movie I seem to like so much. Independent invention. That's what I say. Yeah, it is what you say. 
Um, I've said that, you know how I say that so frequently. Yeah, I've had to edit that out of every episode. Yeah, I know. I got to stop it. You got to stop. You yeah. know, we all have our, our ticks, but, the, but this one's out of control. Yeah. I actually know from looking at the, 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 the stems to see, you know, the, the size of the waves. Every time I say uh, independent invention, yes. Yeah. Very noticeable. Yeah. It looks like uh, the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the audio nerds out there. Uh, mm-hmm. We love you. Keep recording. Yep. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. Don't don't stop. Don't hit. Uh, don't stop. stop believing. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Right? Keep rolling, right? Tell keep, all the keep, recorders out there, keep rolling. I'm going to say keep circulating the tapes. Like uh, they used to say, Mr. Science Theater uh, 2000 fandom. 1000? Oh, 3000. 3000, yeah. Two, two extra thousands. Probably my favorite TV show of all time. Who's your favorite host? I'm going to be blasphemous here and say. I that think I, you're going to be as blasphemous as I am, hopefully, unless it's like fucking. <laughs> it's not Ray. the new one. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, 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 True gonna, blasphemy. <laughs> I'm going to say Mike Nelson. Uh, I'm, and me too, but I, I don't know if it's just because that's who I watched when it was like airing. On, yeah. When they had it on the sci-fi channel, um, he was the guy and I thought he was great. I think it, it's, it's that for sure for me as well. But also I think they just got better at their craft True. by the time that he was on there. And then yeah. I, I, I really liked... But I have an appreciation for Joel, for sure. I do. And that's what it is. It's like I, I've grown to really appreciate Joel. But as far as like, quote unquote, what I would consider like, favorite or good episodes i they tend to be more on the mike side than the joel side for me um but there are yeah. some really good classic joel ones that i i love so uh, and i'm but, not a, 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 a like a, a mega fan so you know i'm literally looking no, at, at bookshelf over here which you can't at see. him at dan he's the one to to go after if we said anything wrong i'm just yes. a casual as a, as a lad i had a good time i sometimes i'm a little bitter though i, I feel like they kind of ruined movie going for a lot of people like really? the fans oh you, people talking well yeah like you watch the fans of that kind of thing you watch a regular movie like a good movie and mm-hmm. you're just like shut the fuck up we're, we're trying to watch this yeah that's you know like true. any of the movies we would show someone trying to mystery science theater out of the past it's like get the fuck out of my living room it's tough i'll take fun facts that's it yeah it's it's tough and i i, I have to catch myself sometimes from doing it when i watch movies that are especially I'm more so I'm bad ones yeah guilty but I, we all need to do better and, but there's some that are out of control that just you know don't invite them to these viewings anymore i don't want I, them i guess i, I should mention them. that i have a giant shelf that's all devoted to my collection mr science theater uh box sets and movies because i have a ton of them pretty much all of them it's at only ghost in town right yes send all your uh mystery science feedback to, to him yes i want yes. no part of it <laughs> well you know I, what I, uh what i like and out of the past dan what's that we we passed we out of the past it already but uh when mitchum goes cafe oh yes yes cafe. i love that cafe good way if to I, say it if i was with uh two robots watching a movie that's what i would be talking about yes that's what we all strive to be. I strive to also be watching movies with two robots. Someone should make like a filter of like the mystery science theater, uh, like, you know, them watching the movies at the bottom of the screen, but like where it's good movies and they don't say anything. It's just frozen the whole time. <laughs> I was watching it. Actually, it's funny because I was watching one of the very early KTMA episodes sure. and uh, I, I'm not as, those are the ones I'm probably least familiar with just because they're, they're not as readily available, but there's some on, on YouTube and I was watching one because they did one for, uh, Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, which I love. I, 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 since I was a kid, I loved all the uh, Super Marionation, like Thunderbirds and, and those, and Stingray and those ilk of oh, the, yeah, the, sure. the Marionation. Marian but they did a Captain Scarlet uh, film, 
and uh, there was like no riffs. Like it was just them wow. sitting there. And, and like, I mean, they're there, but I think cause it's so early on, they're, they're still trying to find their path. And I was just watching, there was, they're just sitting there and there's, and there's no, there's never, and it was weird to me because I'm just like, are they going to say something? That like, might be kind of great. Sometimes it's yeah. too, especially now where it's just nonstop jokes and it has no time to breathe. Like that's why I start to have a problem. I, that, and that, I think and it that's got my too criticism. much like that. Yeah. That's my, that's why I can't, I, I have not been able to get into the new series. Like I said, it's my favorite show. I have not liked the new season for that reason. It's just, it's so busy. Yeah. I mean, they've got things flying around. They've got everybody's yeah. talking. It's just, it's too much. Like, because you need a, to be a rhythm. There's a feel rhythm. Like you're there's, a a part, there's a rhythm, and you need to feel like you're a part of it. And, like, right. kind of, you need to not be distracted enough by the movie you're watching so you can participate and be like, wow, this is a piece of shit. Instead of being like, wait, what? I got to pay attention to all these jokes. And, like, yes. it, it becomes something else. Yes. Um, while I was doing research for this episode, um, you mentioned you were a, a child, right, Dan? I was. Is that, at one is that correct? You can that is, confirm that? That is correct. I can um, confirm. And I believe on an earlier episode when you alluded to um, to to that time of your life, uh, your younger times, you like the Dick Tracy movie. I do, I, and I still love it. Yes, uh, Jane Greer was in it. They RKO got the Dick Tracy license back in the day, and Jane Greer was in a Dick Tracy movie. I didn't even know these existed. Did you? Was she Tess Truart's mom? I believe. I could um, be wrong. I could look she, that up. I, you. Uh, she was a suspect. She played Jane Owens in this movie. Oh. Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch it. But this was a 1945 release. Uh, oh, RKO. that one. Oh, that. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the 1991. That's why I was confused. Okay, no. I'm saying that RKO made four Dick Tracy movies they back did. in the day. Yes. You, have did. you seen these? Mm, I've seen parts of them. I've never. I've. Uh, there's always. But that's been a blind spot for me that I've always wanted to, to go back and, and watch those because I, I I'm not as familiar with those now. I can see that being cool, but it'd be weird to see it also being played straight. Which um. Yes. I, I think might be the way to do it <laughs> honestly i think um you kind of got the best of the other world with the 90s one um and then the cartoon i, I like the cartoon when i was getting they made in the 60s um oh yeah yeah that one was good i mean dick tracy is uh i don't know i i have a no real relationship with it i have an appreciation of it but it's very loose um i both like and hate that 90s movie <laughs> it's it's very garish to look at like colors wise it is a very ugly movie i think but almost like it, i appreciate it for how comic book-esque it looks like I, I think the set design as much as the colors it's very like a lot of primary colors and it's very like you said it's very just like you know it, there's a lot a lot of color but it's a lot yeah. of you know specific color but I, I think what i appreciate about it is because of like the 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 kitsch and the vibe that they really try to convey in it. And I appreciate it for what it is. I mean, I, I get the other side of it, but I think just growing up, I always loved it. I, mean, I just loved it when I was a kid. Um, I still love it to this day. I think the cast is really great. I mean, it's got a star-studded cast in it too. It does. I liked it, um, but I didn't love it, which is weird because I was very easy to sell as a kid. I liked anything you were telling me was a hot ticket item, you know, Rocketeer. There's a lot of cool movies like that in the early 90s. Yeah, we had, it's crazy how many comic book movies we actually did get. Um, and in some ways, we're kind of better because it was a little more straightforward. And I feel like if you did a Dick Tracy like that now, it would just be them like making fun of everything <laughs> about like what the tropes. Yeah, yeah, all the tropes and stuff. Like, you know, they got that WandaVision show out. Uh, I mean, I guess it may have ended by the time this comes out. But uh, that's the hot ticket item right now. And uh, it's all right. But there's so much just mocking of uh, of what the character is like from the comics and stuff. Like they put her in like 
the actual like costume as like a Halloween like gag and stuff, and they're just like, "You look stupid." It's like oh, it actually looks pretty good, I think. But fair yeah. enough. I don't know. I don't like it, Dan. Be nice to your uh, properties. Yeah. Build those ga- gallows high, baby. Which I will say that uh, this is one of the few times where I really love, even though they changed the the name of this film, I also like the alternate title because that was the UK title as well. It was the UK for title. The film. I, yeah. And, and for the book that it's based off. Right, which was actually uh, the writer of this movie, he used an alias, but he actually, the, the writer of the book wrote the movie other than oh. there was some uncredited rewrites as we alluded mm-hmm. to uh, in uh, the Postman Always Rings Twice episode. Yes. We will go no further in right now. That's That's good enough. <laughs> um but yeah so they they're at the horse track and who should see him but fisher yes markham's old partner um just happens to be in san francisco you know it's a it's a noir city probably just doing a side gig or something mm-hmm. and who would he see but that you know two of the most beautiful people of all time they're gonna stand out well no he got high no we know why because he got he got hired by wit right so so i mean he was the, he was there specifically looking for them so i don't know what else if he was I don't know why he would have been at the racetrack other than maybe he was thinking that Mitchum's a fan of it. So maybe just like by some strange luck that that's where one of the places he thought Mitchum would go. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very weird how he, he how it just like they happen to all be in the, in the right place at the right time. By the time, time you know, once they got a little sloppier, it just it showed why you can't go sloppy because he's actually yeah. there looking for him. Um, right. So he realizes he made a mistake and, and Jeff and Kathy, they split up. We, mm-hmm. we got to lay low. And so he heads to Los Angeles for a little bit. You get a little uh-huh. L.A. in there. And then he feels like he's giving him the slip. So he goes and heads back to meet Kathy in a, a cabin. Mm-hmm. And that's when you find out that he had been following her instead, which is such a good twist, the way they yes. deliver that and everything. Yes. And this is where you kind of get the those clothes get a little darker for Kathy. Yes. And you get the, ten- the tension going on. And, and, uh, and Robert Bishop does say Sawbuck in there. Which yes, I was, he does. I was, I was very excited about. Um, and then they go to fisticuffs and they have a, a long fight um, because yeah, Fisher's just like, yo man, we were supposed to go 50, 50 and you just bailed on this. Now give me money. Yeah. Give, give me, me a the, lot more money. Give me the full money that was promised and I'll, I'll, I'm not going to report back. But Mitchum's like, nah, I mean, we gotta, we gotta go to fisticuffs. And uh, once they kind of split out, you know, have a little drawback from the fight, she shoots him. That, rock, that darn rod. Um, and they're very good with like making all of the gunshots like horrifying, you know? Yes. Like, you, it's very loud. Nothing's very, it's not taken very lightly. You feel the weight of every shot and, and the, the horror behind it and what happens as a result of it. And she bails after that. She's like, all right, she splits. And this is where you kind of, you start to turn on Kathy and be like, you know, maybe, maybe this broad ain't so great after all. Yeah. Um, he leaves him, you know, holding the bag. Basically, he's got to he's got to bury, bury his old friend. You know, he's got to bury the body. Um, and this is where he also finds out because she left in such a haste that uh, she had the single deposit of forty thousand dollars. So she mm-hmm. did indeed take that money. Yes. And then, so we, we're wrapping up that sweet little Mitchum voiceover. We're at uh, the Sterling's place in Lake Tahoe. Gorgeous place. Conveniently, his story wraps up just as they're arriving too. I, I thought yeah, that was well, he, nice. He knows. He knows when to like kind of go a little longer in certain parts. He knew and that the seventy-five mile mile trip to, to to Tahoe was just enough time for him to tell his. his he was probably his very thorough uh, talking about like the boat ride over. You know, it's like so. Yeah. There's a lot of seasickness. And, yeah, you know, it was very loud being on the boat. Eat some crab. Yeah, played some cards perfectly. That's, that's okay, per- also that says, perfect timing for Mitchum as as usual. Absolutely. Um, before when they're like. Uh, 
back in Acapulco and they're like kind of gambling and he just goes, I'm just not going to like gambling. He's like, not against a wheel. I like yeah. that line. So yeah, he ends up at the place and drops him off. I have no idea how he's going to get back, but you know, I guess you got to call a cab or something, right? I think he knows what his fate is. I, I think at that point, like, I think in the back of his mind, he knows that there, there's a really good chance he might not make it out. I, that's what I was He knows about. something's up, because at this yeah. point, he still doesn't, he's about to learn that Kathy is there, that she's back into the fold, as they yep. say. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he talks to Wit. Uh, there's a great scene, which was actually improvised, um, because there's so much smoking in this movie. Kirk Douglas offers Mitchum a cigarette and goes, uh, would you like a cigarette? And he holds up his cigarette and goes, smoking. That was improvised. Yeah. Uh, because he wasn't aware he already had a cigarette in his hand. <laughs> Which <laughs> is great. Yeah, absolutely. So they go out and have a little breakfast, and who should come in but old Kathy. She she kind of confessed, uh, except for the murder, of course. Uh, or did she? Wink, wink. And lets him know that, hey, we can square things between us, but I need a little help, a little San Francisco help. I need you to go get Leonard Eels. He has some papers. Another great um, name. Yes, absolutely. Eels, as they call them. He's blackmailing uh, Wit. He has some information on him that he used uh, to help dodge some taxes. Yes. And uh, he's going to send it over to the United States Treasury. So he says, yo, Jeff, I need you to go get those. We'll work everything out with with Joe and and, uh, Kathy. And also um, Eels, the secretary who's in on it. Mm-hmm. Meta Carson, which is a, another great name. Another great name, yeah. No bad names in this movie. Nope, lots of good ones. And then at this point, I would say, is when Jeff is kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. Kathy's, Kathy's back. My past has come back to haunt me. I don't know what I'm in for. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's getting embroiled in something. And, and, he, and as it goes along, like, at first, I think he, he, may, he knows something's up, but, like, he doesn't know how deep until a little bit later. Like he starts to kind of start piecing it together. Like, well, especially like he's like, he's like oh, you know, kind of the whole every time he, you know, he can't help his gut says this isn't something's up here, but he goes right. along with it just to, and and is able to kind of figure his way out of right. That's that it, private investigator in him, you know. Exactly, um, which is great. I feel like they do the the right amount of private investigator with this movie. You know, it, it yeah. you get the examples of it. You can see he's very capable of it, but they're not shoving it down your throat. You right. know, he, he's also a very capable gas station owner. Yep, a little bit of gumshoe, a little bit of gas. So, yeah, he kind of goes along with it. He's introduced as uh, the secretary's co- Carson's cousin, but then he kind of goes to Eels and he's like, hey, listen, obviously we're both getting screwed here. Yeah. I'm going to come back, keep these martinis coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's get wasted and figure this out because uh, we both have a common enemy. So he leaves with Carson, who's very salty with him. She's like, I don't like the way he handled that at all. He has some really good quips in that in that thing about you know, she's calling him dumb and stuff like that. He's like, no, sometimes it's being smart. You know, I forget what he says exactly, but he has some really good, really good lines right there when they're getting the elevator after that because she's like basically accosting him for saying like you didn't hold you know you didn't hold up your end of the bargain like we like we you know planned. Yeah, and he ha- he has a taxi cab friend, another yep. another trope. Uh, yep. So it kind of is like, hey, you know, you need to follow Carson. I'm gonna lay low here, and he heads back up to Eels' apartment and finds him dead. Yes. So he hides the body, um, knowing that he's going to be uh, framed for this. Which I find is, it, like, what I found really f- funny about it, um, I mean, it's not a funny scene, but the fact that, of course, that the apartment next door happens to be vacant and open because <laughs> they're doing construction <laughs> that he could just easily get in the back and go on the uh, patio or the um, the balcony. This is before Silicon Valley, man. He had more vacant apartments in San Francisco. That's he true. give this shit away. Yeah, I mean that was maybe during the the giant renovation of 1946 in San Francisco. If that was a thing, I don't know, but maybe the Great Renovation. 
of 46 yeah in yes. san francisco light a candle for all those that we lost in, in that renovation yeah r.i.p uh we dedicate the bridge to them that's why Could it's be. so golden as our tears fall into the ocean that was very poetic thank you it deserved it for you know such a poetic film deserves uh such quality words from thine tongue <laughs> <laughs> So he heads back to Carson's apartment. Kathy's there. Um, he's just like, yo, why don't you go check up on Eels, huh? And she makes the call. He's like, oh, to the apartment manager. Um, being like, oh, I, pretending to be uh, Carson and says, can you check on uh, Mr. Eels? And he's like, yeah, I'll grab a key and just invade that guy's apartment. No problem, which is kind of fucked up. But, uh, you know, got to watch those landlords. Yeah, she was saying, like, she kept making up a story about how, you know, he's like, oh, you know, you're supposed to be there. Come on, you can just go check on him. She had to, she had to convince him. I mean, she it definitely was, had to give a little bit of... It was good enough. He was convinced. Yeah. And turns out, hey, there's nobody there. Uh-oh. Yeah. You can see, like, she was starting to get nervous. And just at that point, Mitchum, uh, out of the shadows, pops out and says, oh, what happened, huh? Yeah. And that's where he finds out that um, he she gave Wit a signed affidavit saying that uh, he was involved with the murder of Fisher. Fisher, yeah. So he's like, okay, he gets the full scope of how he's being framed. But he does manage to get the tax papers. So he has yes. a little leverage mm-hmm. and does a little switcheroo with a phone book. You get to see a vintage yep. San Francisco phone book, which yep. is a good time. November 1946. Imagine designing that sucker and you get to see it on the big screen. That must have been great for that, that year, you know? Yes. Make all your friends pay a ticket to go see Out go of the Past because you can't buy it on home, home video just yet. <laughs> and it took them long enough to, they're probably like, I'll wait for the Blu ray. <laughs> I won't watch anything under 2K. Yeah. I, I need the highest definition. <laughs> and I understand that. I get it. So I appreciate those heroes making this happen. Trailblazers. So he tells them he's only going to deal with, with Sterling once they, they kind of see that the switcheroo has been placed and they're, they're trying to make a deal. But he says, I, I'm only going to deal with Wit. Turns out that there's, they put the frame on him anyways and there's a citywide search for him as a double murderer. It's a frame job. It is a frame job. So he heads back to Bridgeport. But Kathy independently has uh, Stefanos trail the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid, he heads to the fishing area where he's the hideout area. Yeah. Where Markham has been, or Bailey. I guess we can head back to Bailey at this point. We're in, back into the, the present. Mm-hmm. So we might as well call him by his preferred title. He's there with Anne. Stefano has followed the kid there. And uh, he's Stefano's about to shoot at Bailey, mm-hmm. and this is where you get <laughs> one of the one of the greatest scenes. And greatest scenes. Yeah. I remember at one point telling you there's like a scene in my favorite movie that I you kind of have to justify, and this is it. Uh, he has a wonderful aim with a fishing pole, and he's able to pull his body down to his death. So yeah, it's, it's quite a catch. Quite a catch. I mean, that's why he's a pro. You know, like what they say when you you lose senses, other ones amplify. Yeah. So. I actually be should be told I forgot that that happened. It'd been a while since I've seen this I movie. I never and, forget and, that. <laughs> yeah, it, just, I, I don't know, it, it had been a while since I watched it. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. That's rad. Like that yeah. was great, that's a great, It is rad. That's yeah. I mean, it's so absurd. You're like, fuck yeah, dude, just kill yeah. that guy. Um, he nails him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you know, it shows the you don't really get too much backstory like with the kid and Bailey, but you know, there's an understanding that you know they uh, they did. There's a closeness. Yeah. 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 There's a closeness. Totally. And, you know, when you have those kind of handicaps, anyone that's kind of taking you under your wing, especially at that time, it must have been even harder. Like, mm-hmm. you develop that bond for sure. And he probably gave him the nickname of the kid, which is great. Speaking of uh, Dick Tracy, huh? Well, I also, now that I think about it, you know, it, it, we, I think back to the very beginning of the movie when uh, Stephanos meets him for the first time. He says some like, pretty, like, 
mean things about him, but he's a good lip reader. So I wonder if that also played a role in it. It's like he, he had a little bit, I think for himself, not only for his friend, for Bailey, but for him, like he had a little bit more motivation because yeah, he's like, this guy's he, been a prick he's, to me. He's like, yeah, exactly. Like, this guy, this guy was a total dick to me earlier, yeah. and 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 now and now he gets revenge on him too. So I feel maybe like he had no that. idea about this whole uh, Bailey thing. He's like, oh, you had a problem with that guy? It was just uh, yeah, stone yeah. cold murderer, man. Yeah, it just it just hit me. I was like, yeah, he, he might have a little bit of motivation too, besides so, helping his friend. He slipped, you know. That's yeah. all. Oops. That's- Oops, it, it happens. It can't be up that high up if you're asking for trouble. Um, so Jeff, he heads back to to the mansion to reveal the double cross, and uh, that's where you get some great lines from from Wit. What a sucker you must think I am! I took you back when you came whimpering and crawling. I should have kicked your teeth. No, I'm not going to. Not now, Kathy. We'll let the law push you around. You can't. You're wrong. You're going to take the rap and play along. You're going to make every exact move I tell you. If you don't, I'll kill you. And I'll promise you one thing. It won't be quick. I'll break you first. You won't be able to answer a telephone or open a door without thinking this is it. And when it comes, it still won't be quick. And it won't be pretty. You can take your choice. He gets a little rough, but, you know, he gets his too because uh, when Bailey's on his way out and it seems like all this worked out, she shoots him. Yep. And that's where she says, hey, you and me, we need to run away together. You're no good good for anyone and neither am I, uh, which is one of my favorite fucking lines. If you're thinking of anyone else, don't. Wouldn't work. You're no good for anyone but me. You're no good and neither am I. That's why we deserve each other. She really does turn like like way more like yeah. at that point. She's pretty Absolutely. far gone. Yeah. And Jeff's just trying to kind of get this over with and get out of it. He he loves Anne. Yeah, he wants out. He wants out of this whole the whole thing. You know exactly. He, he, he's he's done he's with just, it. He's just trying to wrap it up so he can start a new life. He just wants to be a gas station man and uh, yeah. be with the woman Small he town loves. Life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Anne seems rad. How do you not go back yeah. to that? She she didn't try to frame him for anything. You know, nope. that's a, that's important in a relationship. No, she seems really nice, and she seems like she's really committed to him. Like she, you know, you sense that even when and the, when we find out later that's like that's their like basically the final moments together. Like talking about like oh, if you need to go off and kind of see if there's even one little spark, you know, between you and. Uh, and and uh jane greer and he's like no i was like i don't even need that time he's like i know Absolutely. the answer you yeah know? like it's just like you know that he's he's definitely in love with her no, no matter what at this point so totally so he's like let me just go wrap this up you know he tells the police what, where she is they set up a roadblock and then he kind of like they orchestrate and escape thinking that everything's fine until the roadblock comes up and, and she notices it and she tries to take the wheel and, and shoots him i guess we should also mention we we kind of left it out a little bit but there was a there's a small minor character that's been in this that it's her, it's Anne's former boyfriend that uh, Mitchum steals away from her. And he's like a, um, some type of like government official. Did they ever date town. her? Did, I thought he just had a, a crush on her. He I, like, he loved her. Cause you know, at the end of it, when he confronts Bailey at one point, he's like, I want you to stay away. I've loved her ever since she tied her roller, hurt her knee, tied yeah. her roller skates or whatever. I got um, the impression that they at least maybe at one point dated. I mean, I could be wrong, but I guess I got the impression. I don't impression think that, so. I think that okay. he just, he really had, you know, loved feelings, her, yeah. you know, feelings from her from afar. And mm-hmm. he feels that he would be a better fit. Yeah. Which on paper you have to agree with, but. 
mm-hmm. fucking bitch him, you know? Well, and that's why, like, and that, and I think that brings us to that the last scene, which I, I, I thought was really interesting, where she goes up to the kid. Well, let's let's wrap up. Oh, okay, yeah. So she shoots Markham, and uh, then the the cops just lay into her, which is mm-hmm. great. That whole scene is great. Oh yeah, uh, very film, very dark. Um, you know, kind of that spooky middle of nowhere night drive, and then there's the cops, and yeah, great, great noir ending. And then yes, now now we're back to the scene with the kid. Um, where so her uh, that guy who likes her is kind of like, hey, come on, let's let's get out of here. Uh, be with me now. And so she heads to the kid, and she's like, hey, you know, did, did Bailey say if she was gonna if he's gonna run off with with Kathy or not? And uh, he lies to her and says, yeah, yes. he's he was gonna run off with her so she could move on with her life. Yes, because she and, looks upset and she kind of runs back because she originally says no to the guy to go with him because she kind of just like runs away from him. Like when he asks like, Oh, come on, come with me. And yeah. she, like, she runs distraught across the road to the gas station. And that's gas station. Asks him. Yeah. But yeah, you see that at the end, you see, you guys realize that like, he kind of makes the little nod to the sign. Just, he like, looks at, yeah. yep. Gives it a like, salute. Yeah. And I wonder if, if that's something that, that he may have talked about at one point in the signals when, when they're doing the hand signs, because I don't read sign language, but I wonder if there oh, was you some... didn't catch any of that. No. Oh, um, sorry, Dan. Yeah. But I wonder if that was something that was just, that the kid did on his own, you know, thinking that's what he would want, or is that something maybe they had discussed at some point? I, I don't know. Maybe he just uh-huh. got that impression. I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I do, it is a nice ending. I think. That's up for us to, to fill it in. I, yeah, it's a, I think it's a perfect ending. Um, it, it's very poetic, but also is a, a, such a bummer ending, which I yes. mostly require with these movies. I, I was going to say, you're a fan of the bummer ending. I just, that's what makes it a noir to me. I, I honestly, <laughs> is just the fact that, you know, you don't get to win. That's what makes it more true to life. And that's why I'm able to enjoy these movies. I find that there's a relatability to it. So my question to you now is, would you recommend this movie? No, I I don't think there's anything to it. I would, I would recommend this movie. Uh Um, Even before it was my favorite movie of all time. I do remember seeing it. I had seeked it out for a long time. It was very hard to just rent, you know, it wouldn't pop up in the video store. Um, I think this, I may, it may have been like the Netflix DVD in the mail era that mm-hmm. I finally had seen a copy of it, but I it just I remember being blown away by it. Yeah, by Mitchum, just career defining performance. Everything yeah. changed for him and for the game after that. Uh, and I just don't I don't think it's ever been done better. It's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, this is I mean, it has literally everything about film noir. I mean, like when you talk about film noir, this is like. Yeah, the, I don't want to use the phrase creme de la creme, but, but I guess there's not all, all the times where I don't feel like I have the opportunity to say that. You don't so. want to use that phrase? Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I will. I will. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Yeah. Why not? Uh, it's, I would it's say. the it's, 90s? It's, <laughs> that's a, that, is that a Die Hard 2 reference? They're all Die Hard 2 references, aren't they? That's like one of my favorite things about that movie is, is that because it's 1990 and like they say it throughout the movie is like, oh, it's the 90s. You know, Dennis Franz is my favorite thing about that movie. Is it? I love Dennis Franz. I mean, what's, um, not, what's, what's not to love about Dennis Franz? Dennis Franz is, uh, is, you know, I'd put him up there with the Mitchums. Just like, he's kind of like a bad, I mean, a little less of a hunk, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, in his own way, kind of like uh, some of those, he's, he just kind of popped up in so much of my, like, my favorite things of like, so he was on, um, you know, all those Brian De Palma movies. I was going to say, he was in Blowout. He's in Blowout. He's phenomenal. He's such a scummy guy. In, exactly. In and then the scummy cop in, um, just to kill mm-hmm. i had to look over on my criterion yes. shelf there yeah so i, I just love and i love De palma especially that era so you know i love that he's there and then uh nypd blue you know david milch creator yep. of deadwood uh just some some great stuff there too you get to 
hear that Milch poetry coming from his mouth. Uh, it's so good. And Hill Street Blues as well. Yes, yes. So I like them. And I also like that scene in Seinfeld where George looks back to his poster, Dennis Franz, when he's trying to look like him. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Ah, it always pops up in my head when I think of that guy. Um, we'll love to see Dennis Franz and Mitchum in, in something. And, uh, and Paxton. I think that was a, you know, like I love Dennis Farina too. I throw him Oh, I mean, Dennis Farina is amazing. Dennis Farina was a guy I loved and was bummed when he died. I love when he was in stuff. Um, Have we talked about striking distance before? I think maybe off the, off the air. Okay. Cause that, that is a film that I absolutely love. And it's Bruce Willis, Sarah Jessica Parker, boat cop movie. Um, Timothy Busfield's in it. <laughs> Timothy Busfield is in it. Can't it's, deny it. Oh, and uh, what's his name's in it too? Um, Tom Atkins is in it. It's like it's like what like it's a wild that... cast, yeah. Oh yeah, the cast is great. It's it's just a bonkers film. It... He's still getting Bruce Willis when he's like trying and put you know like doing yeah. effort in his acting. He, it's definitely on the downswing, but I think it works for his character. So I think it works in his favor. But it's definitely it's before like... like a Hudson Hawk, right? I want to say yes. I mean, it's ninety three. So I'm trying to think of when oh, Hudson yeah, Hawk. Must be. Yeah, when did Hudson Hawk? I, I'm sure they're. 91 so actually it's it's two years after it so yeah Hudson it's two years after wow yeah okay so things downswing is correct then yeah I, but but again i think it works for the character so i think it's fine in this context i think it's fine great great movie i highly recommend that what we're saying is don't worry about out the podcast yeah it's great and all but striking distance striking distance is great totally you would recommend this movie as well dan yes out of the past Yes. And striking distance. Um, yes. If there's two things you can take away from this of recommendation, yes, out of the podcast, I would say out of the past. And, and, and have, you, have you messed up saying out of the podcast and out of the past? I haven't actually. I mean, I, I, I wanted to say, I, I feel like I used it correctly there. I was going to I was going to get to it, but yeah, I, ha- I haven't done it too many. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten caught up as much as I thought I would. Here's a question. Yes. Do you feel like we did right by this movie? I, uh, we waited uh, 10 episodes to get to it, which I think was the right call. I think we're in our groove. Yes, I, I, I definitely felt like I wanted to do it earlier on, obviously because of the namesake and how much we love it and how good of a film noir it is. But I feel like 10 feels right. Yeah, I think uh, the, way, uh, the way the lineup has kind of rolled out has been good. Yeah, it's got a nice, nice uh, mixture of things, I think, so far. Yeah, and we're, we're trying something new for next week. We're doing, this was a Mitchum double feature, and now we're in yes. the, the second of those features. We are going to be watching 1948's Blood on the Moon. Blood on the Moon, a peril-packed saga of the grazing lands, of stampeding cattle and ruthless men who ride by day and kill by night. Blood on the Moon, starring Robert Mitchum, who dares invade a gunsmoke barricade, an adventurous stranger with several notches on his gun, but none on his conscience. What do you want? Sorry about your son, Mr. Bond. You can believe that if you want to. Barbara Bell Geddes, who can hold back a man with a bullet or hold him close with a kiss. You'll go now, unless you want more of that. I don't want more of it, Jim. But I won't go. Robert Preston, the man behind the unrelenting range war. I've seen dogs wouldn't claim you for a son, Here is breathtaking adventure, rough, rousing, roaring, to match an absorbing love story as daring and exciting as the old pioneer West.
I'm very excited. I've been wanting to watch this for a while. I, I've had this on my radar. This is a film noir western. Noir western. This is a, uh, one of the first hybrids. Might not be a diner in this one. I think we finally broke the mold. Well, we can hope. I, I mean, we, we both haven't seen this, right? You haven't seen this yet, have you? I've seen it once. Okay. Many years ago. Okay. Um, and and it you, was, don't you don't recall a diner? I don't, re- I don't recall much about it. Um, uh-huh. you know, I, was, I, I do remember being pretty sleepy when mm-hmm. I saw it. Uh, it, but you know, not at a detriment to that. Also, the print, like the version I had of it, wasn't that great. Ah. And now they they just came out with it, uh, like late last year, wasn't it? Yep, Warner Archive Blu-ray. Warner so, Archive yeah. Blood on the Moon uh, on the poster says a great tagline: "A woman's bullet kills as quick as a man's." <laughs> and on the True back that. it says, "Cold nerve and hot lead." <laughs> That's gonna be fun. So yeah, I'm looking... like the the artwork looks great on it. Like the poster artwork looks great. Like the poster artwork does it. look great, except for Mitchum looks so weird on the front of it. Like the big version. Oh yeah. And now that I'm looking uh, at both Blu-rays here, I think it yeah. was the same like RKO poster artist. Like yes, I did notice that about about out of out of the past too. Is like yeah, I mean it looks kind of like the people, but not really. Like yeah. And but it, like blood on the moon, it's just like a weird like kind of like baby face Mitchum. But then like there's another picture of him in the corner in profile, and it looks great. So I mean, I it, I don't know. It's a cool poster. I know this was like a year really. after uh, out of the past. So I mean, this yes, was right right after. So we're doing it right in uh, chronological order too, which Absolutely. is a double feature, which I like. And actually, um, Mitchum and Jane Greer actually reunited in 1949 for another noir called The Big Steel, which yes. I actually haven't seen. And I would like to get to at some point. I have not seen it either, so I would also like to see it. You know, I love Mitchum. The thing is, a lot of his movies, there's just not yeah. availability of so many of them. So, I mean, you, it's weird being, like, such a big fan. and be like, yeah, I haven't been able to see all of them. Uh, yeah. Crossfire is about to come out on uh, Blu-ray, yes. which I'm excited for. I remember we'll we, a review we, of that. We had a very exciting text uh, exchange. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Almost seeing it simultaneously of seeing the news. And, and Dude, there's like, been so many of those lately. Like, our, our, our slate is booked coming up like in the next couple of months there's just so many uh, exciting movies that we're going to be reviewing and uh, hopefully yep. you'll join us too both in listening and viewing and enjoying hopefully and, yeah, yeah hopefully hopefully we enjoy them too the ones we haven't seen <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm liking what we've done so far for the most part except for postman <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we have to say it every time just to like to like but that one it, yeah it's yeah. fine it's fine I think we just need something that's worse than Postman to at least have as the new barometer, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> as, as of yet, that's just still the lowest of the low. Which I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind Postman, but as time goes on, I, I like it less. <laughs> yeah, I think when you put it in the scope of other ones, it's like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of better, better other ones out there. But yeah, and we'll our, have to find Our listenership agrees, too, because there's a huge jump off, drop off between uh, Detour and Postman. Or, or that, or they they uh, they kept hearing us talk about it. Maybe they watched later, or listened to later episodes and kept hearing us uh, badmouth it. So they're like, oh, why would I bother listening to it? And fair enough. I mean, I yeah. think we we did a great job on the episode. I yes. have no I have no problem with our our work. Yes. But uh, the movie could have been a little better. But John Garfield's work we can't necessarily account for. Not at all. We're a, we're a Heathcliff uh, podcast over here. <laughs> and on that note. On that note, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, Hey, I haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, try try giving us an email. Well, the email we keep hyping, but here's another: the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Once again, we got stickers if you want them. I'll uh, I'll, I'll take the the hit on the stamp cost if you yep. <laughs> if you would like one. We're on Instagram out of the podcast. We're on Twitter, the real out of the cast. Instagram's probably our most popular one. So that's where we're, I'm doing the most. Seeing the most engagement thing. Yeah, most exactly. Engagement. I can only go where I'm wanted. Yeah. 
So but I think Instagram tries to mess with a bunch. I think Instagram's probably the most flexible as far it's as more like, visual, yeah. you know, uh, which is kind of how this this works. So yeah, find us there. We'll be back for Mitchum round two. We're going going back in time to the Wild West. Can't wait. Noir Western. Get psyched. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Later.